Hello, everyone, and we are so happy to be here with you tonight. And tonight, I'm here, Jerry Lee, standing in for the Manifester, and I want to thank my uh, precious wife, Janet Lee, for her beautiful uh, renditions on the organ. So, we continue on with um, Ladolution versus Evolution, and this tonight is part seven. Turn with me to the book of Genesis, chapter one. We read this last week, we'll read it again because it is something for a perfect start. Genesis one, and beginning with verse 20. And God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life. Now, we have come to understand from the second chapter of Genesis that a day can mean a generation of age, and ages can vary according to um, the age. And right there, we can we can look at this, and we can say, "Ah." Oh, and God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life. That can include, ladies and gentlemen, the Bible's uh, tannin, which can stand for sea monster, dragon, a uh, huge creature. And it can also represent, you know, other kinds of animals like hippopotamus and crocodile, alligator. But basically, for sure, it can it can include dinosaurs and and um if we go back in time uh we may discover that some of the the ancient prototype life uh that went uh and advanced itself on land prior to that had come from the water because the first life that is mentioned is mentioned in the water and um <clears throat> I want you to accent in your mind how important the term water is because water is connected with life and creatures. And that is very, very Bible and is very, very manifest teaching. It's actually a great part of the manifest realization of the truth of the scriptures. And so God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly. And that is a total general-sounding declaration. And that could, that could be ages and ages. And that could include all the dinosaurs and all the other uh, billions of creatures that were anciently created. And so it says, And the fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of the heaven. And who would really ever expect that the fowl, that the birds, would be listed as coming out of the waters, the, uh, the aquatic setting. But they are mentioned as coming out of the waters. And um, I find that very interesting because birds, regardless of what type that they are, there are the lesser desired and the more desired type of birds, but they do remind you of something that can get above the ground and can fly in the firmament, which is also called heaven. 
And, of course, it's not the heaven of heaven or even heavens of a higher spiritual nature, but it is a kind of heaven, and it is above the ground. And um, then it goes on, it says, um, uh, the creature moved, uh, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind, and every winged fowl after his kind, and God saw it was good. Now, there is uh, something that is profound here, showing that each species brings forth after its kind. And someone might say, well, then that doesn't really provide uh, a uh, provision for any creatures uh, to deviate from what their kind was. Well, you know, in this general declaration, it's not uh, a fact that you absolutely have to have that because the in the general the general uh, definition here is so broad let the waters bring forth the moving creature that hath life and and that is a, the abundance of it in the water and 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 then it it is of all various kinds uh that uh, can be imagined so you know if ever species species just develops its own kind, and I'm not saying that other uh, offshoots are not possible, I'm just making a point here, that in the declaration given here, there is covered enough uh, enough leeway and enough um, room uh, to to um, entertain and negotiate uh, ages and ages and ages of of creatures of all kinds. Uh, that can even be imagined, both in the uh, the, the uh, fish type, um, the the um, dinosaur type, the dragon type, uh, the crocodilian type, the 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 creatures of of the um, uh, that are called the fowl that fly above uh, the earth. So. The possibility there is really, really, really unlimited. And there are even scriptures like in Psalms, we'll probably read it later, that talks about God breaking the heads of the dragons. And, you know, this could easily be a description of the of the age of termination of the dinosaurs. When the dinosaurs were wiped out of of uh, of uh, the life of their species, uh, you know, there's scripture there, and it's not like there's nothing in the Bible that speaks of these things. It's just that the Holy Spirit has has to lead and guide people to understand how that in the ages of time, as God spoke through His prophets and His leaders, that they spoke things they didn't even know what the reference of it was to, and those things were written down for posterity, and that posterity is is a revelation for those who have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to to the people. So I wanted to throw that in. And then after that, it goes to the next phase, which is um, very, 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 very important and very interesting in verse 24. And God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle and creeping things and beasts of the earth after his kind. And it was so. So there are two distinctions here. And I mentioned this before. The beast which... Uh, emerge out of the the waters and the beast uh, which emerge out of the land 
and there is a lot that could be applied to those uh, two distinctions. They are extremely important, and uh, and uh, yes, it does say after their kind, uh, but it also uh, has such a general um, potential perspective as to unlimited number of species and and creations just by the fact that the, that the general statement is open and uh, that uh, there's no need us getting real concerned and worked up over a word like evolution that seems to say a specific thing about how it had to have happened when a lot of real uh, trans meanings of it and and actual transfigurations of it and actual just uses of it simply mean what was happening in nature the acts of nature so that i find very interesting okay now from week to week we have not been finishing the um, manifest teaching in the seven thunders uh, manifest chronicles before genesis book so the seven thunders speak manifest chronicles before genesis we're going to turn to page 342. <clears throat> and um, it's talking about, at the very top of the book, uh, about producing the conditions that will ultimately frame optimum uh, uh, life. And when it is, is referring to optimum life here, it may not be the kind of life that a lot of people would be thinking of, uh, you know, in an environment of just a, a total peace and wealth and and health and happiness and and uh and fun uh not that those things are not available but what it is really speaking about and as we will discover later in our teaching uh is the purpose uh of creation being for the ultimate um reaching point of a divine recognition of god and uh, that is not for every single creature that is created, because a lot of these creatures being created, as the Bible teaches us, are just probes, and, and, and they are uh, convolution uh, types of creation. And I didn't say evolution, I said convolution. And so they are used to actually support uh, the uh, creation that has the uh, potential uh, for optimum life, which is be able to come into the consciousness and recognition and awareness of God. Okay, so we're going into a story here now, like of uh, the fifth universe. And Volvo, one of the um, speakers here, is asking a question. My humble pardon requested for interrupting you, Ma Master uh, Naus, but if there were not messengers, uh, messengers to work the Soundtron, would there be no creations? Now, a thoughtful question, Volvo. Yes, of course there would be creation. You see, God the I Am is complete in every action and every thought. I Am makes master plans and alternate plans for nearly everything. Now, I think that that is a very important uh, uh, injecture uh, uh, or conjecture, or maybe both, injection or conjecture, um, that there are master plans. There are always master plans that God has, ha has provided. But 
knowing humankind, knowing, as Jesus said, that you cannot trust humans uh, for dependability, for honesty, uh, for conviction. Um, there has to be alternate plans. So beside the master plan, there will always be, you know, uh, a few alternate plans. And uh, that is always going to be something we have. Wonder if then we rendered that toward creation. And we took the scripture in um, Genesis 1, as I read to you, and after, uh, where it speaks of the, the, the different beasts and them uh, continuing creation after their kind. And that being the master plan. But perhaps because um, of certain circumstances happening uh, interference-wise in nature, uh, that certain species begin to be wiped out and they're going to cease to exist, uh, then there has to be an alternate plan if that species is going to survive. So then that alternate plan could be different than what the master plan was. If the master plan was each species after their kind, the alternate plan could be that the species would develop other kinds of life uh, uh, that were not just always stuck within the perimeter of their 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 kind but they could have um uh, a potential uh, outlet of difference that diversified their line of, of creation and that diversification of, the, of their line of creation could be enough to uh, begin the creation of uh, a different branch and and so uh, someone says well that sounds like evolution uh, I think it's all right for you to say that uh, but you know that's just another word really for for nature if you say well that sounds like nature uh, we'd say yes and if someone wants to call nature evolution well then we'd say yes uh, and I think that that is some of the important points that I am making uh, you know in my my teachings here okay so let's go on um, um, uh, and and let's just read. Yes, of course, there would be creations. You see, God the I Am is complete in every action and every thought. I Am makes master plans and alternate plans for nearly everything. Did you get that? For nearly everything. Everything in nature, everything in the physical, everything in the spiritual, everything in the complexities of creation, in the advances and 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 in the um, uh, de-accelerations, uh, uh, there are plans uh, that cover everything. Uh, if there were not any messengers available, or if no messengers acted, there is coded in the Soundtron a long-term self-activation of the Lanolution process. Uh, Lanolution, ladies and gentlemen, is voiced and 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 it it can it can lie um in suspension in the soundtron uh but at any moment uh for the right reasons uh it can become uh actuated and and as it becomes actuated then it can it it can become uh involved uh in the essence of what the built-in message was but it is there it is always there and whether there comes a time there are no messengers 
uh, to bring it into the exponential uh, of this uh, expanded potential, uh, there is built within the Soundtron uh, the gear uh, to go ahead and and punctuate the the uh, meaning of Lana Lucian so that it begins to uh, operate as a brain within its own context. So that is, I find to be extremely uh, interesting uh, and and uh, and daring. Uh, messengers would, however, eventually be needed. Now I would like to finish my presentation. Well, why would uh, uh, why would messengers be needed? Well, because of the guide tra uh, to the transition from the physical to the spiritual, and and that takes that takes elevated minds that have already had that experience to be able to relate that so that there is a, an opening uh, in the physical brain uh, for spiritual reception. Okay, so let's go on. I would like to finish my presentation on Latolution, so please hold your questions. Optimum life regards such complex systems as physical bodies capable of maximum perception of God. Capable of maximum perception of God consciousness. If a body, meaning including the brain and the the system of the body does not have the capability for perception of God, then that entity, that animal, that critter, uh, is not a prospect for optimum life. Uh, that that critter is just a a probe. Uh, it, it is a convolutional uh, 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 good or evil, uh, just depending on the circumstances. <clears throat> the emergence of God consciousness is the prime destiny. And and if you're going to understand Latolution, if you are going to understand this teaching, you need to understand that statement the emergence of god consciousness is the prime destiny someone says i wish i knew my destiny well you want me to tell it to you it's the emergence of god consciousness in your mind and in your being so then the highest destiny is divine recognition which is optimum life's highest fulfillment there are, of course, degrees and depths of knowing God through cognitive recognition. In the process to reach optimum life, Latolution codes many launchings of living constructions. Five of these launchings of living constructions are called <coughs> excuse me, replications of similitudes, accommodations, trials, curtailments, and transformations. Now, I've already covered this part of the page with you uh, a week or two ago and uh, so we'll just fly over this because it will sort of pick up uh, those five uh, different launchings of construction uh, in the text as we further ourselves into the book. Latolution stands alone as the badge of merit for the use in construction of creation. Latolution uh, is a tool that can strum the Soundtron. Um, nevertheless, the Soundtron being the unction of the I Am is is the uh, sensorin that programs uh, options in all subjects. So we're going to skip over now and uh, go to page 344. Consequently, suppose 
there's a sample, a frail line of super brief dimension, and it is it is constructed by the name breath, and that's B R E F F. Uh, it is a wave of existence, and there is no consciousness, but there is subjection to a pre- prescript, a procedural influence, context to context throughout its form. So there are, in the sense of DNA, and in the sense of other uh, inbuilt uh, directional codes uh, that are um, uh, within the body, operating through glandular systems, uh, operating through uh, various, uh, you know, um, important functions that have to do with with <clears throat> keeping the body operating according uh, to the need of life. <clears throat> so, hold on just a moment here. <clears throat> So, Latolution launches a, a prescript that proposes a replication. Now, remember I told you from the other side, um, we had the, that list of um, five uh, different uh, constructions. The first one is called replication of similitude. So, here is it, begin to explain it within the context. <clears throat> okay, Latolution launches a prescript that proposes replication. Okay, what does that mean? What does that do? The breath will multiply in sequence because that's what replication is. If the prescript launches transformation, the breath will change into a new form. Uh, this new form may be a style of singularity or it may be a, sci- a style of conjunctive coupling. There are all kinds of incredible possibilities that can happen within the cellular world of the physical uh, uh, life. And uh, these um, possibilities can be uh, sequential, uh, uh, repetitive, uh, but they can also be uh, of a nature of transformation. Tonight's one of my choked up type of nights, I guess. The breath will change into a new form. This new form may be a style of singularity, or it may be a style of conjunctive coupling. Um, if Latolution launches a prescript that proposes a style of uh, for conjunction, that would be a form of accommodation. So the conjunction is of a nature that it is taking on the appropriate aspects that are favorable to some particular um, subject that is a leading subject uh, of of relative influence um, in uh, close prospective or prospective to uh, the entity that we are are talking about making these changes. <clears throat> All right. 
and and uh, this 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 happens. A breath then can use accommodation. Now, the meaning has advanced uh, from the idea of um, uh, of just replication. Uh, it has moved through the procedural influence uh, and has launched as a prescript. Um, a prescript being, you know, a a a fashion of of knowledge or a fa- a fashion of information uh, uh which we could call an influence and uh and that prescript then can can uh make a proposal um uh, so that that message is passed on, you know, to the cells, uh, the, the the brain, the DNA, uh, and uh, and it can form this concept of uh, beginning to be an accommodation. A breath can use an accommodation energy by transforming that energy into another wave or particle. We know in the animal kingdom and in the fish kingdom, there are fish that. Uh, they accommodate other fish, bigger fish, by cleaning their body, uh, by cleaning even their teeth and their mouths. Uh, this happens on both animals and and fish, and uh, uh, and and those animals that um, accommodate one another, uh, they could, in a sense, fulfill this particular accommodation. And in accommodating. The other animal, they themselves are being benefited. So, accommodation is not without reward. A breath can use an accommodation energy by transferring that energy into another wave or particle, thereby expending its prior form. Now, this um, is a description of a potential transformation, a potential change, that can happen by particleization being energized to cause waves uh, to have a slight fractal change. And as those fractal changes um, are replicated, uh, they build up enough potential uh, to create a, a message of direction that slightly changes uh, the prior um, message uh, that was centered in the body. And one action builds upon another, and then that increases in intensity and in replication, and um, and uh, it in- increases then in the transferring of that energy uh, into another energy or to another particle, and by doing so, it expands from the prior form. So accommodation can also be a prescript for a procedural launch of the breath to become a receptacle or become a prop for other breath particles. Keep in mind, an accommodation is what the name expresses it to be, a development of energy, substance or life, created to support the destiny of optimum life. If Latolution launches a prescript that proposes a trial, then a depreciation of the breath will occur making the breath into a testing component of nature or an offering of nature. There is yet to be mentioned the prescript of con- of con- um, curtailment. The prescript of uh, curtailment uh, in some ways may appear as a trial. However, a trial always becomes a testing component. 
there there are absolutely uh, urgent realities that force upon existence for the the subject or the creature to be tested. It is only those tests of endurance and tests of capabilities that allow the uh, the creature to appreciate uh, in its advances or causes there to be a depreciation. <clears throat> okay, let's go on. Uh, page 345. A curtailment is a kind of reduction to the form or style. Curtailment construction is especially used when an older construction or latolution is being modified to couple or conjunct with a newer construction of latolution. Uh, there comes a time that um, the mind um, reaches a higher aptitude, its capabilities, its potential is greater than the functions it is serving. Uh, as that um, latitude and longitude is reached and and all of the, fa the, the space of it has been filled, um, it becomes a very um, uh, unproductive because uh, it is not able to expand into a higher knowledge uh, or, or to move into a differentiation. So all of these different uh, modes of construction help to create the conditions that allow uh, the newer creations of latolution uh, to come forth and create uh, that capability through modifications. <clears throat> Uh, keep in mind that the rhythm of the universe is for one purpose only, that being divine recognition. To achieve divine recognition, the processes of latolution must uh, initiate physical bodies capable of optimum life and maximum perception. In aiming toward that achievement, a whole stage of animate and inanimate things are latoluted into being an accommodation as accommodations and props for begetting optimum life. Let your thoughts consign this scenario. A breath complete with soundtron energy, which includes the bits, which includes lots of latolution. Now, the, the bits, B-I-Z or B-I-Z, uh, is an energized, infinitesimally small particle. Infinitesimally small particle. <clears throat> That's what a bits is. And um, the lots of latolution, um, <laughs> this would seem in some ways to almost sound like the, the chance of um, evolution, you know, uh, the throwing the dice. Uh, and, and it's interesting how that um, latolution has incurred in it uh, some things that seem to be from the spiritual side, but are not necessarily. We know that in the days of um, of the of the Bible, in the days of like Esther, um, there was uh, uh, the capability of the Urim and Thummim, and then there was uh, a capability uh, to 
use a different method that was similar to the Urim and Thummim, seemed to be the Urim and Thummim, but was not. <coughs> so, uh, as people got into these substitute methods, uh, they thought, you know, they were really discovering what the will of God was, but they were not using the divine way. They were using a natural way. Uh, so also can it be, when we are comparing latolution and evolution, uh, because when we talk about the the lots of latolution, lot is another word for yarm and thummim, perfection of lights. And uh, that is quite different than just... Uh, you know, throwing some dice. Uh, um, anyway, it is prescripted in the procedure motions. The unction is for an accommodation. However, the accommodation calls for a lattice that is not atomically or chemically present in this physical subject. If it is missing, and this is very important right here, chemicals needed to mix the soup for this precept, prescript, um, chemical equivalents can be manufactured. Now, one of the things that in Gentile that is done is the capability <clears throat> to create chemical equivalents. And chemical equivalents is capable uh, to be created in the body uh, and then um, assimilated into elements so that uh, are put into elements, rather, so that the body can assimilate it. And and so we see that the body has been given given this pharmaceutical manufacturing capability uh, to actually create chemistry uh, within the laboratories of its of its own uh, capable uh, body fluids. <coughs> okay. Um, Now, here we are, we've got this uh, this procedural that is calling for uh, an atomic or a, 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 a chemical uh, that is needing to be present. Uh, if it is missing, chemicals uh, needed to mix the soup for the prescript, chemical equivalents can be manufactured by mental processes. That's what I'm referring to. But since the breath as a subject uh, 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 into development has only responsive, responsive actions and is not self-mentally initiating, this action must come from Soundtron source. If the Soundtron is not strummed by the messengers or creation uh, beings to release the equivalent uh, chemistry, then the breath um, uh, must wait for events that occur with time or that uh, which is activated by the Soundtron self-initiation processes, or I might add, or occur in nature. These events can be instantaneously or may take decades or millennia. Such things could be changes in the environment or movements of particles or objects. Now, this is very, very important. Because if you don't understand this, how the things can stretch into <laughs> long, long times, then you, you, you don't get into the beautiful part of understanding how that in the, the universe, creations, uh, sure, they could develop on their own. But, but you know, uh, it, it would be uh, 
a gi- gigantic uh, wait sometimes for maybe uh, one a galaxy to crash into another galaxy and <clears throat> and out of the terrific event uh, there to be furnished the chemistry needed or perhaps a supernova to release uh, a great flare of gamma radiation and that gamma radiation uh, would uh, cause an effect uh, that would produce uh, the chemistry needed. Uh, Those can be gigantic time factors, whereas uh, through the Soundtron, by messengers, uh, you can bring about, you know, a much more instantaneous type of creation. And that's why it's so important to understand the creation uh, by, you know, the, the creator. Blessed be the name of God. Okay. Um, such changes could be changes in the environment or movements of particles or objects that radiate, spray, mix, exchange energies, uh, coalesce the breath with missing chemicals needed to fulfill the procedural request. The same effect would be produced, of course, if instead of the breath, the the, the breath uh, being chemicalized by creation uh, or messengering uh, agents, if uh, it was chemicalized by a subparticle infusion of atomic energy transfers. The exception to these actions would be superimposition. When Im- superimposition is inscribed into a breath by the Soundtron code to act or produce within the limits of time or conditions. <clears throat> Doing good tonight. <clears throat> All right. Uh, the breath can be energized by its own needs for fulfilling most prescripts and can therefore respond or act at the uh, moment uh, uh, for synthesis spontaneously. Consequently, a living breath uh, breath cell uh, bound to an aqueous habitat is only restricted to the aqueous um, um, habitat until circumstances produce necessities or processes of change. Such processes can produce compound information in cells that by generate or degenerate actions progress in changing or adapting that body to become a body equipped for amphibian life. The sensor actions of the Soundtron through that illusion will incessantly develop living components that are subjects for development to maximum perception of optimum life or for the development of cellular life of living organisms that accommodate or test subjects of life. So then Latolution provides the life and the existence uh, merge from uh, potentiations uh, put into the sound trine by God I am. This reality is quite different from the concepts uh, some hold that life evolves by happenstance. The stratagem of creations can be interfered with. Such interferences can cause strong interactions which may be for the better or may produce bizarre, unwanted, and out-of-the-way creations whose presence may extend over great boundings of time and may delay the propositions for optimum life opportunities. So then, in the pursuit of his chemical message, if the breath that is bound in an aqueous habitat has a prescript of superimposition to advance to versatility, the breath-generated cell bodies will at some instance experience a a message signaled into their biocode. This biocode, although in a sense a dominant directive, as in the gene, once having received the signal, will will begin linking the new instructions 
instructions, uh, period. Consequently, many of the next generation uh, for the time will birth natural body equipment in order in order to emerge as amphibians. Such transformations of life can happen not only due to superimpositions occurring in nature, but due to the Soundtron influence in, on bio-laws that call for nature to set apart creations that can advance to optimum life. <clears throat> And speaking of advancing, uh, it is said in creation that there be vast distances of separation for emerging creations uh, uh, from emerging creations. By this separation, only the most advanced creations are able to bridge the vast distance. Okay, that finishes up what we were going to present in the Seven Thunders Speak Manifest Chronicles before Genesis. And I have been promising you that that would be something that I would... Uh, I would uh, do, I would finish that, that uh, teaching that is in the book there. Uh, I don't know that we can uh, definitely, ultimately say that we finished finished it, but uh, we, we covered uh, a good portion and, and that uh, made it all interesting. Uh, <clears throat> now, th this might seem like a departure, but... Um, it is really not because in our uh, thing of uh, creation and our teachings, we often mention the term koun. That's C-O-U-N-E, koun. Or if you want kouned, you add a D to it. C-O, and I usually put a hyphen in between. C-O hyphen, U-N-E, koun, or kouned. Okay, and uh, let's look, and I'll, I'll be reading these at a fairly good little uh, gallop here, Second uh, Corinthians 5, 6. Therefore, we are always confident knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. Um, there is a profound importance of recognizing that the spirit that is in our bodies that makes us different from all the other animals because the Bible says in, in Job, the spirit, uh, let's see, well, it's not necessarily in Job, but, but um, the Bible does say, uh, I think it's in Ecclesiastes, that the spirit of man goeth upward, but the spirit of the body goeth, of the, of the animal goes downward. Spirit of man goes upward, spirit of the animal goes downward, showing that one has eternal life and the other has temporal life. And, and so it is so important to recognize this spirit that humans have, how important that it is. And, and then as we go to Ephesians 4, 6, one God, the Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Uh, and in um, uh, Ephesians 4, 6, uh, translated, uh, interpreted uh, by the MIV, uh, uh, there is one God of the Ophanim, who is the father archangel over them all. And because they, the Ophanims, are all related to the father nature, that is in them works also through them. Okay, the father nature that is in them works also through them. Okay, um, now we'll skip down here where Jesus says in John 10.30, I and my father are one. Uh, MIV, I and my father are co-owned one. I and my father are a co-owned one. Now we'll go on with the scriptures to sort of see what that means. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12.12, 12, 
for as the this is KJV for as the body is one and hath many members and all the members of that one body being many are one body so also is Christ now what is being said here is that here is a physical example let's just take a mortal let's take a human being and they have many members and they have many cells like they have they have you know uh, several fingers uh, you know on each hand those are members of the hand uh, they have toes those are members of the feet uh, they've got arms they've got legs they've got oh, you know those are members they've also got cellular aspects and all these cellular aspects and all these members uh, what they amount to although they they all have individual recognition because they are distinct in the body as being something that is that has its, its own particular fingerprint its own particular uh, you know uh, differentiation uh, that in the sense of that all the members are you know are are one body being many so one body can be many uh and are one body so also is Christ so when we talk about Christ the very name that means anointing it doesn't just mean one it's it's like in in the book of i think it's Deuteronomy where it says you know you know there's one uh one lord uh, one god uh the very word that is used for one is used through many different instances in the bible uh to mean a more than one uh so it isn't an exclusive term that just um, uh refers to to an absolute exclusive one uh, and people have got to understand that that is very, very often um, used and done in the Bible. And if you don't catch on to that, then you end up really getting into air, you know. So, uh, uh, you know, let's let's look at this um, John thirty uh, ten thirty. I and my Father are a co-owned one, co-owned when when. The spirits come together and they co-own, uh, they become one spirit. You know, they, they live within the same thoughts, they live within the same the same actions, they live within the same space. Uh, they are co-own together. Uh, but there is always a possibility under particular circumstances that the 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 one that has been co-owned to the other entity and become one with that entity uh, can uh, become a super individual entity separate from its co-owning for a particular uh, time. So the Bible tells us in the New Testament that Jesus came out of the Father. There's a time that that can happen where, where you know, a person that is co-owned with others and there's a bunch of people co-owned together, you know, let's say maybe in an arch archangel and and for some reason um inexplicable at this moment uh they come out uh as a super individual entity from that ar- archangel uh, to do a particular work and then of course they will eventually return to their co-owning okay so um uh first corinthians uh uh, uh twelve twelve uh in the MIV. In order to understand a co owned entity, a person could compare uh, it to a human body, all the members of that one body being many, nevertheless one collective body. Consequently, Christ in the co Christ is the co owned father, uh and is a collective one. Uh okay. So 
in First Corinthians twelve thirteen, the next verse, it says, For by one spirit we are all baptized into one body. And here we have one spirit baptizing us into one body, even though we may be Jews, Gentiles, bond or free. Uh, you know, we're all made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. And and so we have to understand what we're coming into. When we're we're coming into this this Christian alliance, when we are coming into this this uh, anointing, this baptismal, uh, this this place of um, of of a supersedence by entering into a uh, spiritual cooperation uh, with the Lord Christ, and we are assimilating uh, His life and His blood and His Spirit. We are working toward the fulfillment of of the statements that Jesus made in John of of, of us becoming one with Him, and ultimately, not immediately, but ultimately, it would be possible to become co-owned with Christ over a vast period of time when all the proven um, uh, you know rigors of of that particular uh, incredible um, and beautiful uh, union is uh, allowed to take place okay now uh, there there is so much so much to cover on things like that uh, it's it's just uh, uh, absolutely important you know uh, for in the uh, Corinthians twelve fourteen it says at the bottom of the verse, for the body is not one member, but many. We have to understand, we talk about the body of Christ. It's not one member. And then when we talk about, you know, who Christ is, you know, uh, you know, it talks about the body of Christ. We talk about the body of Christ. We're not just talking about the flesh body that he 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 wore uh, while he was on earth, you know, as a, a a offspring of David, as a son of Mary. Uh, we are talking about something much more advanced. Body of Christ, you know, uh, uh, being a uh, a collective uh, as a spiritual body, a collective uh, of uh, many entities, many persons. Okay, all right. Now we'll we'll go on from that part. Uh, that was uh, just something I wanted to update you on. So as we're talking on these things, you're you're just not in in ignorance. Now earlier in the book of uh, Genesis, we talked about the subject water, and how important understanding uh, that you know water was uh, in the seventeenth chapter of and fifteenth verse of Revelations, Revelation seventeen fifteen. Um, the the scripture there designates very clearly, uh, you know, the angel interprets waters as people, multitudes, nations, and tongues, and and reveals that to John that you know he says, what are these woman, what are these waters that the woman sits on? Well, they 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 represent uh, multitudes and 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 people and nations and tongues so so we must not lose the incredibility of interpretation of the word of god because if we don't have the connectedness to that then we lose the whole point of interpretation and and we end up you know in confusion not really knowing what you know god is god is speaking about um there is this thing about about water you know is 
really, really important. Even one of the uh, of the four rivers that came out of the Garden of Eden, which we call genetic rivers, the Gihon man, the Gihon, uh, the very name itself. Uh, you know, is very interesting. Uh, you know, it's it it it's tied into you know like a river, a genetic course, a human genealogy, and uh, those things are just uh, uh, absolutely uh, super to to understand. Uh, it it has other designations. Uh, I won't get into that right now because that's not the subject we're we're talking about. But that that is one designation. Uh, you know, John three thirty eight. Jesus said, He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Living water. Uh, there is something about a capability of empowerment for life uh, that can come via the Holy Spirit uh, through our internal being, come out of the belly. Now, um, in the Old Testament, the word belly can actually uh, have a meaning of being uh, our, you know, our stomachs, um, our solar plexus, or it can even be a womb. And and so it, it's, it's a versatile word, but it, it does have to do, but in a spiritual sense, of re, re, uh, representing uh, living water. This thing about water is vast. Uh, it has a principle of, of um, knowledge that is absolutely um, essential for people to meditate on and to understand in order to be able to conquer the story of what God wants us to conquer uh, in enabling in, in us uh, or thereby enabling us to uh, put together the truth. And once we do that, the Bible says we'll be set free. Now, there are all kinds of scriptures that um, talk about people, but they call them uh, everything from rivers to floods to water. Isaiah 8, 7 says, Now therefore, behold, the Lord bringeth upon them the waters of the river, waters of the river, strong and many, even the king of Assyria. So the king of Assyria and all his following and his army are called river, waters of the river. Uh, when we start talking about that those four um, uh, genetic rivers or that those four rivers are genetic rivers, ladies and gentlemen, we're not say, teaching something that's not Bible. There are scriptures for that. There's a beautiful one right there in Isaiah 8, 7, you know, uh, and, and, it, and it gives an explicit explanation. Uh, Behold, the Lord bringeth upon them the waters of the river, strong and many, even the king of Assyria and all his glory. And he shall come up over all his channels and go over all his banks. Who is this that cometh up uh, as a flood, it says in Jeremiah 46, 7? Who is this that comes up as a flood whose waters are moved as rivers? <clears throat> uh, 
in this particular case, it's referring to the Pharaoh, because in verse 46, 8 of Jeremiah, Egypt rises up like a flood, and its waters are moved like rivers. And he saith, I will go up, and I will cover the earth, and I will destroy, destroy the city and the inhabitants thereof. Here's a case where we had the Assyrians. Here's a case where we have the Egyptians. Uh, they are described as genetic rivers. They are described as rivers that are going to cover the land. Uh, and those are just, you know, a couple, uh, a, a couple uh, interesting, uh, important things. So, so we just really, really want you to get into the scripturality of recognizing the truth that is that is uh, so deeply uh, revealed on this subject of, of waters, because believe me, it is. Uh, it, it is all throughout out the Bible. There are so many different scriptures uh, that can be read read on that. Uh, we just we just don't want to miss them. Let's let's read a few more here. Um, you know, uh, <clears throat> let's read here where. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, Let's see, I just read on Jeremiah, and I read 8 there. Uh, let's let's look at this thing of these genetic rivers, and let's look at a few scriptures uh, in addition to the ones that I gave you, because uh, this is such an important thing. Uh, you know, uh, on that one on Assyria, the next verse, Isaiah 8, 7, we read to, uh, to you first, and then the one we didn't read was Isaiah 8, 8. Isaiah 8, 8 says, And he, the king of Syria, shall pass through Judah, he shall overflow and go over, he shall reach even to the neck, and the stretching out of his wings shall fill the breath of the whole land. And this, you know, uh, this whole thing is being described as a river flowing over the land. Uh, you know, and uh, in Isaiah twenty three ten, pass through thy land as a river, O daughter of Tarshish. Uh, there's another perfect scripture. You know, you know, it's just absolutely um, spiritual to be able to see the meanings that are applicable and that are available. Uh, you know. And we read to you earlier, you know, God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that has life. Uh, there's a, another example of, of the meaning, you know, uh, of the of the four kinds of men. The four kinds of men are depicted in Genesis uh, 2.10, you know, and a river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from thence it was parted and became into four heads, uh, Genesis 2.11. The name of the first is Pison, and that is which compasses the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold. The river goes around this land of Havilah, it's obviously a genetic river, and the the the, the people of Havilah, uh, you know, are this genetic river of the Pison. That's where most of them live. Doesn't mean they all live there. The name of the second river is Gihon, and and it compasses the whole land of Ethiopia, and so. You know, obviously, it is a genetic river, and the people of 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 this particular Gihon uh, uh, nation, uh, that's they are mostly uh, uh, living in Ethiopia. That doesn't mean they they don't live in other places too. Uh, the third river is mentioned in Genesis two fourteen. I had just read you Genesis two thirteen. Genesis two fourteen says, and the name of the third river is, is Tehedekel, that is which goeth uh, toward the east of Assyria. 
and the fourth river is Euphrates. So uh, I know that I'm reading the King James um, uh, pronunciation, and and uh, this uh, this is the uh, use of their um, of their interpretations of words. Uh, I I just honestly like these old names of of ancient rivers, um, and I I know that there are other names that have been selected, but um, uh, it, it wouldn't change anything whether they used a different name for it. They still would be according to the, the to the text. They would still be depicted as. Uh, uh, you know, as genetic rivers. So those things are, uh, you know, are, are very interesting. Uh, we have to recognize that sometimes there are some deep revelation when we are talking about, like in Ezekiel 47.2, where it talks about, he brought me without into the utter gate by the way that looketh eastward, and behold, there ran out waters on the right side. Uh, interpretation upon interpretation uh, spiritual revelation upon spiritual revelation is all enfolded in all these kind of uh, beautiful things uh, this thing in Ezekiel which goes uh, from Ezekiel uh, 47 uh, 2 all the way through 47 9 tells about the different depths of these waters and, and, and how it becomes a river that could not pass over uh, I don't have time to get into that but but it is so deep and so so available for for God's people if they just want to know the truth. And if they want to know the truth, there is just scripture upon scripture upon scripture that proves and shows uh, that that this whole thing about the use of uh, genetic rivers is sound and it's Bible language, absolutely Bible language. Okay, all right. So much for that. We're going to move on. Uh, now and get back to this thing where we were talking last week about the different kinds of men. Uh, you know, there was the uh, uh, the aquatic man, and there's the um, the serpent man, and there is the um, bird man, and so we've got uh, a lot here to. Uh, to be interested, I think I think we uh, talked about the aquatic man uh, last time, and we 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 said how that uh, you know um, uh, Genesis one twenty and twenty three through twenty four, uh, let the waters bring forth, and this was aquatic. A creation. These are the moving creatures, you know. And this aquatic creation, creation, however, did also include the fowl that may fly above the earth. Um, we we see how that um, uh, that when Jesus in Matthew nineteen one uh, used the term fishers of men, uh, that was in uh, Matthew nineteen one. That that. In that sense, there's a transposition uh, in which uh, men are being um, described as fish. And even today, as we were uh, parked out at a, um, uh, 
at a, a parking uh, lot where there was a big truck right across uh, this trucker had put on there a the Christian emblem of the fish and uh, he made it very clear by the words on there that you know that 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 referred to the Christians uh, they were those fish and and so there have been you know uh, many cases in which um, uh, fishes have referred uh, to human beings um, when we start talking about aquatic man uh, we're not trying to take this beyond anything that is reasonable but we do know that in mythology and in other kinds of historical uh, uh, storytelling that there have been uh, you know mermaids and mermen and and as I mentioned last week uh, the Dagon uh, Dagon uh, uh, was a god of the Philistines who was part man and part fish and uh, there is some very, very interesting uh, uh, teachings uh, in the Holy Manifest book, but I almost uh, am negligent to get into that very much, uh, but it's about the Morans. And uh, uh, that, you know, is was a sort of a, uh, he was not a man, but it was um, a creature. Uh, and we actually do not believe that that man evolved from a chimpanzee or an ape uh we believe that is the, it was not the correct branch we believe that uh, you know life came out of the water and and that's why the baptism in water is tied into all of that the water is actually a higher um, um potential comprehension of creation than the the earth level crea uh, comprehension would be and it has a, a, a certain potential that is different from the earth level creation you notice when they mention the earth level creation they basically start talking about cows or cattle uh, and and so uh, it's uh, not the highest order of creation, that's for sure. Uh, but we, but I mentioned a little bit last week. We started to get into it. We start before we were running out of time. We start getting into the demagogue. That's uh, D E M I G O G. Sometimes people will say demigod. Uh, it's sort of the idea of half man, half god, and and. Uh, uh, it's very interesting that the demagogue has the jointed last uh, name part, Gog, which is a really major subject in the teaching of the of the manifest, because it teaches in the uh, Seven Thunders book uh, that that there was um, in the in the Alpha Ages uh, a. Um, Create a, a, a individual that was created who was called Gog, another individual created who was called Magog, and uh, you know they they got into war and uh, into things that ended up displeasing God, and they lost their high positions. Uh, they were powerful, incredibly intelligent persons. And later, other uh, creations of other universes begin to tap in uh, to that knowledge through energy dots. 
gods and uh, begin to use some of the things of the gods. We find that the Gog has, uh, revelation has not gone away. That even at the end of time in the book of Revelations, one of the last things that appears uh, are the Gog and the Magogs being used by uh, the, uh, uh, you know, the, the forces dark uh, to attack the city of God. And so there are deep meanings uh, that are both explicit in the micro uh, aspect of creation and in the macro aspect of creation. Things that, uh, you know, people need to know. Uh, now, when we get into subjects like this, you know, people say, well, you know, uh, there are some interesting things in nature. I know that uh, I once read in a psychology book, and I'm not, I'm quoting somebody else, not myself. Of course, I've read all that same stuff, too. Um, how that... Um, it was proposed at one time that the that the human embryo uh, had things that looked a little bit like gill slits, and uh, and had something that looked like uh, you know a tail uh, and, uh, uh, from the vertebrae uh, that uh, seemed to uh, indicate that it had a, had a, a potential for having having had a tail at one time. Um, if you really get into the uh, study of that, uh, uh, because there are actually have been children, babies born, uh, that have tails. Uh, one not that long ago uh, was born with a two-inch tail, uh, and, and uh, the tail is, uh, you know, uh, co connected uh, to to the uh, coccyx, which is uh, that uh, complex uh, uh, backbone right at the base of the spine, uh, above the um, uh, the um, uh, private uh, aspect of uh, the body uh, called the butt, <laughs> and um, so um, <clears throat> um, anyway. Um, I'm uh, going to get into some little details here that I think are important uh, about this. You know, uh, those um, little tails that were found on people, uh, they did not have any bone or cartilage in them. Um, they were not actually connected uh, to to um, uh, to the the true uh, tailbone and spinal uh, connections. Uh, so. They were just basically um, uh, sort of a, a free connection of of, uh, of, of skin uh, that developed, uh, you know, ironically in that kind of a connection. Uh, we think that that is, um, you know, no more than that, uh, you know, because uh, uh, humans um, uh, do not have the connection when you, you look at those babies there is nothing at all that connects them to what a real tail would be uh, uh even in an embryo uh it does not have the same connections uh that say for instance in the embryo of a monkey or some of the other kind of animals that that uh, are um, in nature uh when you would see them there are definite uh biological connections that can be made there uh to to the bone system that you do not have it's just it just basically is is uh is is a cell and uh, uh, and it it uh, is uh, not in uh, any any way 
a true uh, explicit connection to evolution. So someone would say, "Yeah, look at this. See, we used to, we used to have." Uh, we used to have a tail, but now uh, we don't have it anymore. And these babies that are being born with tails, uh, you know, they that have this uh, appendage uh, that is tail-like, proves that uh, uh, you know that we used to uh, be, uh, 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 you know, a, a monkey, or we came from a monkey. Uh, but uh, as I said, uh, there is no uh, structural um, determination at all in, in those appendages uh, that preserve the, the elements necessary uh, for the tail formation, uh, uh, you know, in the human genome. So uh, uh, that and many other points, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time uh, talking on, a, uh, you know, about a tail, but uh, those are those are all important parts. Okay. Okay. So uh, here we go. Uh, we'll move on with this uh, teaching here. And uh, we will try to um, uh, cover all the ground. I want to. I want to finish this. I want to make this number seven. You know, uh, I just slightly mentioned earlier. You know, um, <clears throat> about um, dinosaurs and and the term in in Genesis uh, that could show that uh, the creature that moveth, uh, uh, you know, have life uh, from out of the waters. That could include dinosaurs. That can include all kinds of dragons and monsters, uh, and and uh, uh, certainly doesn't leave uh, the um, uh, the dinosaurs out. Um, when you get into the understanding uh, of and like if you, once you get the book of revelations uh, the new book of revelations that the MIV is putting out you'll be able to see how that uh, Satan um, was involved in um, um, interfering with with the codes of creation now this is a revelation that I received you know uh, getting close to 50 years ago we're just now really uh, getting it out except we did share it with some other brothers and uh, gave copies of some of our books and so there's a few people that have spoken about it uh, and you know the message is getting out um, but uh, it's going to get out in a much more uh, uh, detailed way uh, even like uh, it has been said that when Moses <clears throat> and Aaron stood before the Pharaoh and before the magicians, uh, that there was two different terms in the Hebrew that was used. One was um, was uh, uh, tannin, and the other was nahash. Well, nahash uh, was is the name for serpent or snake, um, and so there's a there's a, a case in which uh, the rod actually turned into a nahash, which would be a serpent. But there's another case in which, uh, when it used the word tannin, that this particular um, uh, Bible um, uh, scholar says that actually that was a crocodile. 
that that it turned into, and it was Aaron that was using that crocodile. Well, of course, I've done uh, teachings on the thing of Aaron and, and using the rod, and also Moses using the rod, and uh, and uh, the uh, we also understand how that the Egyptians uh, worshipped the crocodiles as uh, one of their lords, one of their gods, and uh, so when the uh, rod of Aaron devoured the rods of the, of the magicians and and, and uh, destroyed them. That was showing that the God of, of Moses and Aaron was greater than the God of the pantheon of the magicians for Pharaoh. Uh, that's interesting. Uh, you know, I will look into that more and think about that more to uh, get precise and uh, definite details but uh, but that is definitely interesting uh, we know that uh, <clears throat> you know when they start talking about the lives that have lived how far back it goes uh, you know we shouldn't argue with that too much because when you consider all the the millions and millions of gallons of oil that has come out of the ground and that this oil comes from from plants and and trees and animals and there's a you know goodly portion of of that oil that is from animals uh, you know going back to the dinosaur age and and many other kinds of animals so so uh, in a way this oil that's they're going now down miles. They go miles down into the earth to get this this uh, uh, you know substance. Uh, we've got proof right there. We, we burn in our automobiles. Uh, we use it to oil machinery. We use it uh, to to uh, uh, fuel uh, and drive all kinds of mechanisms, uh, and that this oil has come up out of the ground that is miles down in many cases and and that has to mean that miles down in the in the geology ages uh, of a long 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 time ago you know uh, that there was uh, you know animal life and there was plant life of a great abundance and that great abundance is what's making the great abundance of oil because you know uh, uh, you have to think in terms of oil being a condensed state of what those animals and plants were they're they're condensed so for there to be a condensation or let's not say condensation but let's say a a, a uh, density uh, of oil that that is uh, in the form that it is, uh, the volume of it in its original form would have just been so dynamic and spectacular uh, that it would just almost injure uh, the the senses of a lot of minds to even try to configure it. Uh, so uh, the story is right there. It you know the the Bible tells us that we have to watch for the signs, and there are signs you know coming up out of the ground. There are signs in the skies uh, that that are messages. And and they have to do with patterns. Uh, you know, the pattern on the mount was like a blueprint. And that blueprint, uh, you know, was something that um, revealed all kinds of things that uh, using earthly measurements and earthly uh, items, that was a, a depiction of of also spiritual places and spiritual things and even other things uh, in uh, celestial um, uh, or, uh, 
states or or other things in uh, uh, states uh, that were physical but far far beyond uh, the earth uh, so uh, i i find that um, i find that extremely uh exciting uh you know we talked about um how that there 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 are some scriptures that, that could easily be understood as uh explaining or describing uh the um uh the various um dinosaurs that that uh were wiped out by radiation and and uh you know all kinds of uh, physical uh, uh, things that happen to the earth. Uh, if you took, for instance, uh, the scripture uh, in Psalms, um, you know, um, uh, let's um, let's in fact uh, let's start with Psalms one forty eight seven. In that day, the Lord will punish Leviathan, the fleeing serpent, with his fierce and great and mighty sword. Even Leviathan, the twisted serpent. And he will, and he, who will kill the dragon who lives in the sea. Um, uh, so we've got um, uh, like a combination of of Psalms one forty eight seven and Isaiah twenty seven one that I read there. But now look at this one in Job seven twelve, and here's a really good one. You divided the sea by your strength. You broke the heads of the sea monsters in the waters. Uh, so you got two scriptures there. Uh, I am the sea. Uh, am I the sea uh, or the sea monster that you, that you set a guard over me? That was Job seven twelve, and then you divide the sea by your strength. You broke the heads of the sea monsters in the waters. Uh, Psalms seventy four thirteen. Now waters doesn't necessarily have to mean that they were out in the ocean, because according to Revelation seventeen fifteen, waters can abs- uh, uh, you know represent people. Or, or can represent animals, beasts. Uh, you know, they they can be represented by by waters. So uh, uh, they could have been on on land. Uh, you know, when when that happened, uh, Psalm seventy four fourteen. You crushed the head of Leviathan. You gave him his food for the creatures of the wilderness. Uh, there's lots of interesting scripture that could be looked at in many many different ways. You know, okay, we want to move on. Uh, so uh, how we would um, we would give a proposal to this thing about the the aquatic man. Uh, and and uh, the scripture in Ecclesiastes nine twelve through thirteen that says you know man and kind needs to be manifested so they can understand so that they as humans can understand that they are are, are also beasts. Uh, we need to understand that as I said um, last week, only seventy you know, only a small portion of all the species of the oceans have been discovered. They they by um, a new method of examination have done what they believe uh, shows there are 750,000 species not yet discovered in the oceans that live in the oceans and that's something like you know over 70 uh, 80 to 80 per, uh, cent of um, 
of uh, fossil bones have not yet been discovered or dug up. Those are very, very interesting things. So if we take this this aquatic man and we look at this aquatic man and we look at it from the standpoint uh, that that um, not trying to make a point that there actually was a literal uh, creature um, uh, which uh, I think if we go back in time and really look at the water thing we're going to we're going to begin to understand uh, of those 750,000 undiscovered uh, uh, species that there are some things that people have never even imagined that they've lost hold of uh, that they will discover and they'll not be afraid that they begin to understand how that uh, that, uh, that man with his naked skin you know he's not a he's not a, a hairy ape uh, he's not a, a a monkey with a tail uh, his his ascent uh, came differently and uh, it, it just needs to be understood that uh, even the Adam, uh, the body of Adam, as revealed in the 16th chapter of um, of uh, Ezekiel, uh, was born from uh, two of those. Uh, uh, type of soulless humans and then thrown away cast away and 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 it was angels that came and and uh prophesied to the little baby uh adam to live and not die and took it and cared for it and raised him into a man uh that is all bible uh and and a lot of these things have been missed and not taught so the whole story is only partly known now let's look at the um let's look at the bird man uh you know uh let's look at and and think in terms of uh of of um what happened in Daniel uh, chapter 4 verse 33 uh, we have Nebuchadnezzar and uh, uh, he stands up in his great palace and he says look at the great works that I've done and uh, <clears throat> then as prophesied and revealed through uh, interpretation of his own dream by Daniel uh, he begins to revert and something comes on him, and he loses his majestic mentality, and he begins to revert until he he has claws like an animal and 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 feathers uh, uh, on his body. He reverts to a bird man. That's that's Daniel four thirty three. Read it for yourself. Uh, that's that's a, a reversion, uh, going back 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 into time until you know there was seven times that passed over him before he. Was able to reascend uh, to the man that he once was. Uh, you know, wings are 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 interesting. Uh, the uh, seraphim they're depicted as having six wings. The cherubim angels, uh, the seraphim angels, six wings. The cherubim angels, four wings. The ophanim angels, two wings. Uh, angels with wings. Uh, angels of the presence. Uh, these these are important. Uh, you know to understand that that uh, the depiction of wings as being appendages uh, for angels um, as being appendages for um, even human beings there are places that that can be shown to be the case uh, you know uh, under certain designations uh, have you ever had a dream uh, that you could fly and you see yourself you know just flying through the air I certainly have and it is certainly an enthralling exciting challenging uh, dynamic uh, experience um, 
it it is it is you know very important uh in in canticles uh, 2 12 it says the time of the singing of the birds has come that's a designation how that the connection of of that experience of the birds singing uh is a, a spiritual connection uh they've even found of course uh you know dinosaurs with feathers uh, this now has become a quite uh, a proven thing, and it's not just uh, one instance, but there are many instances in which they have been able to do this. Um, we could look at a scripture that's very interesting in Romans. Uh, Romans chapter 1, uh, verse 19. Uh, and here, here's what it says, 19 through 23. Because... Uh, that which may be known of God is manifested in them, for God has showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead. What the Bible is saying here is that even things about the the, the Godhead and God's eternal power uh, can be understood by looking at physical things we see in nature if we have the interpretation of those. And that's why the pattern on the mountain was given to Moses and given to David. Uh, th that's why uh, Solomon was directed to follow the pattern given in the mountain because they specifically uh, if followed uh, based on the architectural rendering and the sculpturing of, of the uh, design of those uh, particular items would depict uh, spiritual things. Things. And it says it right here. Uh, you know, there are invisible things out there. You can't see them, but if you are able to uh, uh, to want to know them, and and you give your your heart to that, it says uh, then they can cl clearly be seen, even though they're invisible, by understanding uh, uh, how they are and and what their invisibility really is by things that are made. And and even to the point of understanding the in, uh, the eternal power of the Godhead, so that they are without excuse. They're, we can't say, "Hey, those things are invisible. That's why we can't know them. Those things are beyond us. That's why we can't know them. Those things are, you know, out in uh, some kind of a divine space, and 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 they're just beyond us ever knowing." Uh, that's not what the Bible teaches. That's not what the Bible says. It says in verse nineteen, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it unto them. So God wants to manifest these things, and you know, this is the time of of that manifestation. This is the time for the rod of God, you know, uh, to devour uh, the the rods of, of those uh, teachings uh, that are just not fulfilling the Word of God, and that are just not the true manifested Word of God. This manifest rod uh, is coming to that day and to that time when it is to be used uh, to to uh, devour up those those uh, other rods uh, uh, so that they cannot be prominent so that they cannot be in first place and to show the magicians uh, of the world some of which are you could call uh, ministers to show that uh, you know there is a greater revelation, a greater uh, power. The Bible called it, you know, the more perfect word of prophecy. 
That's what it called it. It's, it's, it's very, very beautiful and very, very interesting. Okay, so let's let's just move on here because I don't want to run out of time on this. Um, so, uh, you know, there are so many experiences like Canticles 5.12. His eyes are like the eyes of the dove, referring to, you know, actually uh, Christ. And, and, and then over Christ, Matthew um, uh, 3.16 uh, and Luke 3.22, uh, a dove appears, uh, the, the Holy Spirit appears in the bodily shape like a dove. Uh, you know, what is the meaning i mean there there are some important uh meanings and and what do we have out here do we have a world of christians that without realizing it have become bewitched uh with with uh, uh teachings that do not correspond uh, to the real true revelation and and they are bound up in those limits uh as described in acts 8 uh uh, verse nine through eleven and second peter three one uh, I think it 's time for us to overcome that bewitching. I think God wants us uh, to understand not to start putting limits uh, let 's not say oh no i don 't believe there ever was an aquatic man oh i don 't believe there ever was a bird man uh, i th- I think you're best off to just just uh, uh, sit back and and understand that uh, uh, God is the master architect and he will reveal everything in his own time uh, you know so that so that we will come to understand it uh, you know we know that there used to be incredible giants huge there you know fairly recently there's been all these pictures made available uh, of in Africa of these Asia, Africa, of these huge giants whose heads are just monstrous size, and uh, you know there there is there is such a revelation there, uh, even in the the revelation of the of the, of the zits and the and the zams, uh, z or z, uh, uh, a m m s zams, uh, that actually came from the name zamzumans, uh, uh, z a m z u m. I-N-M-S, uh, which uh, were giants that lived, and they were really involved as scorpion kings of their time, and so, uh, you know, they they play quite a, a, a place uh, in the book of Revelations, uh, you know, about their uh, scorpion power and, uh, and tales that are like serpents, like in Revelations 9.19, be worth your uh, taking the time to to look that up you know uh but even though there are these these what we might call the serpent uh, man you know um the we talked about the aquatic man the bird man uh let's we talk about the serpent man um you know like the nahash uh there was actually a king that used that very name uh so he as a human being was actually the, being called uh, a serpent man um you know uh, the bible says uh, be wise as a serpent but harmless as a dove, Matthew ten sixteen. Uh, you know what? What are we to think about this? Uh, the Bible says in Mark sixteen eighteen, they shall take up serpents. Now people think that means go out and actually pick up snakes. That's not what it's talking about at all. It's talking about serpent man. It's talking about going out there and and changing uh, this serpent. 
uh, influence. And, uh, you know, Jesus was uh, was very, very uh, clear about that. Uh, you know, uh, he um, he called he, he called people he in his in his terminology uh he spoke and he he uh he rebuked people and he called them uh serpents jesus literally called people serpents and uh that's that's easy for you to to look that up and uh and and get the the scripture uh you know because uh it's very important to understand those uh those uh, teachings and the bible says in luke ten nineteen, god's going to give us power to tread on serpents he's not talking we're going to go out there and start stomping on rattlesnakes and 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 poisonous snakes that that's a mistake that some people interpret it to be you know and i don't know why they'd want to waste their time with that kind of construction <clears throat> that just proposes risk really has nothing to offer but there is much in the scripture you know because uh you know um in Job 26:13, God formed the crooked serpent. This was a, a particular a constellation that was called a serpent. Uh, there's a lot of a meanings in that. Psalms 143, uh, he sharpened their tongues like a serpent. It's talking about human beings sharpen their 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 tongues. Uh, Isaiah 14:29, it talks about his fruit shall be a fiery flying a serpent. Uh, this, ladies and gentlemen, is still going on. Uh, Isaiah 27, 1, uh, Leviathan, the piercing serpent. Uh, Jeremiah 46, 22, voice like a serpent. Uh, you know, uh, John three fourteen. as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, Christ will be lifted up. And that's a beautiful story that's told in the manifest about um, the the seraph, uh, because there's actually on that uh, on that that cross that pole uh there's there's a uh, a word for serpent and there's a word for seraph so there's both an angel on that cross and there is a a serpent on that cross and the serpent is coming up the pole and the angel the uh, the seraph which is seraph uh, abbreviated word for seraphim has his foot upon the head of the of of the serpent stopping it from ascending and and it's it's a beautiful beautiful thing uh even the doctors have the wrong emblem uh for their healing uh because they do not understand that revelation uh but the world's got jesus uh, being hung on the cross as a snake they have it totally wrong that's not what the not what the teaching is at all uh, uh because there's just so much out there uh, uh not understood but we want this thing of the of the uh forces dark is explained in revelations 12 9 the old serpent called the devil and satan satan is the serpent and uh and so uh you know uh when we begin to see this thing of the serpent man uh we can look at this in 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 different parallels um i i mentioned about how that when jesus called people serpents and uh and vipers uh i don't know if i said vipers at the time but you can find that in matthew 23:33 matthew 23:33 you serpents you generation of vipers another kind of snake so 
This is Bible, ladies and gentlemen. There is something uh, when we talk about that the snake in the tree in the Garden of Eden was not a literal snake; that that was uh, was a people, and and uh, they were the they were you know the Gihon. They were called the serpent people. Uh, this Bible, you know, uh, you serpents, you you generation of vipers. Matthew twenty three thirty three generation of vipers. There was serpent man and 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 all these scriptures that i've been reading to you you know how the 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 serpent was more subtle than any beast uh the example that it was giving a uh, giving uh, pardon me giving of a snake was actually an example of how that that nature of of the snake uh could be uh in taken into a man and isn't it interesting that in our day and in our time uh they are actually talking about in the bio of, of genetics, how that they are planning on uh, uh, going in and using everything from eyes uh, to various sensory organs and various uh, uh, skills and various um, strengths of animals and being able to uh, make that part of the DNA of a human being. Uh, isn't it interesting that we are living in that kind of a day uh, that, that these very things uh, that... Uh, you know, existed way back when, uh, are on the program again by by Lucifer Satan uh, to reoccur, and it is uh, <clears throat> it is very meaningful. Then, when God says, "You shall take up the serpents," and and I'm going to give you power to tread upon them. <clears throat> Excuse me a minute. So these things are so absolutely exciting. Uh, there's just no end to the excitement that one can have uh, in in referring uh, to all these things. It is truly the time of Psalms Psalms twenty nine seven. You know the the uh, when God divided the the flames of of, of fire. Uh, you know and this is truly that time that <clears throat> God is saying. In Lanolution, uh yes, uh, I uh, there is potential creation in the soundtron that is 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 there all the time. Like in R Romans uh, chapter ten, I have has everyone heard the gospel? Yes, they have. The sound went throughout all the world, and every human being has heard it. It has been put inside of them. Everyone has the kingdom of God within. Everyone has that the light of God within. The first chapter of John. Everyone has heard the message. 10th uh, chapter of Romans. Uh, there's no one that's not heard it. Uh, the, the, the potential uh, for creation uh, through the fluctuation of these uh, uh, virtual particles uh, creating things uh, that that uh, uh, are called nothing uh, you know that that uh, uh, you know seem to exist in some kind of a perfect uh, perfect vacuum uh, there nevertheless are available there pairs of virtual particles that are constantly being created and destroyed uh, and and uh, 
the existence of these particles is no mathematical fiction. They are literally really happening. And in this uh, this living and dying of these these particles that are that uh, are constantly being created and destroyed, there always comes the 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 moment. There always comes the example when an excited energy state uh, is able to uh, slip through uh, by a shift, so that uh, they are able. Uh, to move out of the zero energy case and uh, and overcome gravity uh, and and any kind of space warp that is out there and actually become a new creation uh, from the virtual uh, reality uh, uh, particle that they are. <coughs> So uh, it, it, there's you know such a wonderful teaching that could be done on that. It could just be go on and on and on, and and it could just keep adding uh, to so many different ways. But in the end, we come back to this optimum uh, thing that God is requiring, and it is tied in, uh, you know, not to evolution and consciousness, but to lanolution and consciousness, because evolution doesn't make a provision. Uh, for consciousness. And there are scientists to say that they don't believe that there's any configuration to show that consciousness uh, really can even exist. But but we have to understand there's the consciousness of the uh, in the sense of the brain consciousness of the human uh, being, the human body, and then there is the spirit consciousness. And there's something about when the spirit consciousness of the spirit connects to the brain consciousness of the physical body that there can become a learning capability uh, that resolves uh, you know in a, in a product of uh, teaching the brain the awareness of God and that there is a God and and that God is uh, dealing with humanity and uh, it, it it really does matter it really is part of uh, of, of what is the optimum uh, uh, expectation and call of those people who are being called to to move ahead and so whether there are vessels of honor or dishonor made in uh in creation uh <clears throat> from the um nature of creation or from the um um uh, strumming of the soundtrons by messengers uh there will always be uh you know convolution of of good and evil and uh there will always be the possibility uh to to go ahead in an overcoming uh nature and, or the the possibility to go backwards so all of these things are they're beautiful and they're true and uh, they're about the lattice, uh, Jacob's ladder. Uh, they're about uh, the uh, supercomputing brain lattice, the optical lattice. Excuse me. They're, and and they're they're about um, you know the revelation, uh, you know, uh, uh, in nature, um, the uh, the scriptures that of a plenty that I have given you in these uh, seven teachings. You need to just look them up and and uh, <clears throat> begin to mold yourself. Uh, this lanolution, it crosses quantum and relativity and atomic lattice. Uh, it, it it crosses uh, uh, you know from one end of the universe to the to to the other and uh, it is um, 
imbued in that revelation in which it is developing in people a root of everlastingness so that uh, people can you know move out of uh, the the conflict that is being taught uh, you know by a lot of the things that evolution seems to uh, provide which basically in the end seems to deny that you know that there is really a God so uh, I have shared with you this there are untold hours more that could be put into the teaching of, of Latolution versus evolution or just av uh, uh, you know Latolution uh, but uh, I am going to uh, uh, close this teaching now uh, on um, you know uh, evolution and Latolution Latolution versus evolution part 7 will be the last uh, last chapter for now and uh, uh, it it is um uh, going to be a beautiful uh, booklet that we will put together and get out for you. Uh, I want to now go into um, uh, Gentile, and uh, I want I want to deal tonight with the head and the neck. I want to deal with people who are fighting headaches. I want to deal with people who are. Uh, uh, having you know problems in their neck area with <coughs> with their vertebrae and excuse me <coughs> uh, I want to deal with that in a very um, definite way here uh, so I want you to really listen to this teaching uh, because we are getting lots of results and lots of people telling us uh, how splendidly uh, they have been been healed. So uh, I'm, I I want you who are having you know constant headaches, you who are having um, uh, problems um, with your uh, with your neck. Uh, I'm, I I want to deal uh, through the thalamus uh, for one part tonight, and and the the pituitary gland. Those two, uh, in a little different way than I usually do for other kinds of uh, gentile uses. Here we go: hypothalamus to the pituitary, pituitary hypothalamus to thyroid, uh, to the um, processes and the relay sensory motor uh, information uh, capabilities uh, of the thalamus, uh, sending uh, messages to the higher brain signals uh, of the brain centers, uh, send messages uh, in uh, to the body, into the higher brain uh, uh, centers uh, for messages to be relayed. These messages are to be relayed to the sensory and action uh, points uh, of the body that have to do uh, with dealing um, with relief of the, of the pain such as headaches and tensions begin to send the messages to um, um, eradicate uh, the pains that are caused by headache, uh, the suffering that is caused by headaches, by sending uh, this uh, process uh, from the thalamus uh, as a relay of sensory and motor information. Uh, and sending that to the higher brain is said, the brain centers, and to relay that information on through those centers. Also going to the um, uh, to the pituitary gland, 
uh, and and dealing there uh, to produce uh, uh, hormones, uh, the hormones that uh, will carry uh, information and directions, and will carry substance uh, as links. Uh, between the brain and the endocrine system uh, and we'll begin to deal with uh, problems uh, of of um, of nerves uh, of the vertebrae uh, in the body uh, of in the in the the body structure of the neck uh, that is causing distress and and also is allowing degeneration uh, through various kinds of uh, degenerate disease uh, in that part uh, begin to deal with a, a regeneration uh, begin to deal with them uh, with the hormones that are involved in uh, recreating uh, and begin to recreate uh, in the cellular structure of those uh, problem areas of the neck to relieve these people uh, putting into their bodies whatever kind of uh, message that will be needed to relieve uh, the pain and suffering as this process is developing in its healing. If there's any inhibitors or blockers or messages anti to this, they are canceled. May God bless you and keep you. May he go before you. We thank you so much uh, for your interest. There's literally been, you know, hundreds of people that have listened uh, to the you um, broadcast teachings and, and uh, it just seems to be growing. Um, uh, usually there's not big huge crowd at our uh, uh, immediate teaching but people just keep coming uh, from all over and listening to those broadcasts that have been recorded God bless you God give you peace God give you latitation and understanding of these things Amen